Yeah, so I just have to wait for, you know, how are you feeling? You can speak. <laughs> you, you, you don't want to, okay. You just want to get it over with. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Hello and welcome to Sipping and Spilling with Suze. I'm Suze and today I'm joined by my mother, Avril. Hi. <laughs> and um, today we will be talking about religion. So for anyone who doesn't know, because most people won't know, my mother, Avril, is a priest. She's a priest in the Church of Ireland faith, Protestant, if you will. I've always, like, my mum's always been a priest, like, basically from my, since I was, what, one? You were a priest? I was priested when you were a year old, but I was made a deacon when you were about four weeks old. Since I was four weeks old, my mom has been a priest. So it's quite normal to me, but um, how do people normally react when you tell them you're a priest? I think now it's more acceptable, but back 21 years ago, it was slightly more unusual. I mean, I know when I first told my friends, you know, when I'd be like, oh yeah, my mum's a priest, people would be like, ha, yeah, my mum's an absolute nun, or they'd be like, yeah, my mum's a rabbi, like, thinking I was joking, because I... Most of my friends are Roman Catholic, so to them it's like, women aren't priests. So do you feel like people are like, what, you're not a priest? Not anymore. I think it's much it's much more widely known that there are women priests. Were you inspired by the Vicar of Dibley by any, in any way? Mm, no, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Because, you know, she has a fringe too. Anyone who doesn't know, my mom has a fringe. Very Vicar of Dibley vibes. What was your spiritual awakening? I think I always had an interest. Okay. But at the time when I was doing my leaving cert, it wasn't a possibility at that stage to become a priest. There were no women priests at that time. And had it been an option at that stage, I may have gone down that career path more than the current career path. But currently I wouldn't change what I do. So for anyone who doesn't know, what do you do? I'm a primary school teacher. Yeah, she's one of the special teachers. She takes care of the special babies. So what type of a priest are you? What's known as a non-stipendary, which means I'm a voluntary priest. I trained for three years, was ordained to be a priest within the Church of Ireland to serve the Diocese of Dublin and Glendalough. Um, I have exactly the same priesting as somebody who's full-time in the ministry, I do my um, church work as a volunteer. Do you think when you retire from being a teacher that you'll want to go in full-time as a priest? I will certainly do more work. What is the best part about being a priest? Being able to minister to people, being with people in their joyous times and people in their saddest times. Fair enough. What's a typical service for you like? Do you mean taking a church service or do you mean working? Working? I think being able to talk to people, listen to people, see where people are at, try and understand people, try and get them into a place where they can see a better way out of it. Nice. Do you find, because I find there's quite a stereotype when I tell people that my mum's a priest or that um, my parents are religious, That people then think that they're strict or prudish or uptight. How does that make you feel? I don't think you have to be any of those things. 
I find that when people are like, oh God, how can, you know, oh, if your mum's religious, like she mustn't be okay with all these sort of things. Or I think people are worried that I come from like a strict household, but I think it's kind of the opposite because. Well, we were all created in God's image. So it's not our job as humans to judge others. If we were created the way we are, then God created us for a particular reason. I don't find, like, I don't know, because I've obviously never, I wasn't raised in a different household, but I never found you guys, like, super religious, because, like, we weren't, we didn't say prayers before every meal, or we weren't constantly, like, talking about God or anything. Do you think of yourself as being someone who's very religious? Spiritual. Okay. Do you believe in an afterlife? Yes. Okay, because I got asked this when I was in hospital, And they asked me, do I believe in an afterlife? And do I, you know, and did I believe in an afterlife for myself? This was obviously after I was in hospital when I OD'd. So, like, not just, like, they don't, like, randomly ask you that or anything. Don't worry. I was like, oh, God, I never even thought about it for myself. But I definitely, like, when Granddad died or when Granny died, I definitely was like, there is an afterlife. Do Mm -hmm. Do you see thinking about the afterlife as something that like comforts you or do you believe in it just because you believe in it it, it is there it's it's a communion of communion of saints and it's where we believe that everybody um, meets god and it it's where we all hope to meet those who have gone ahead of us when i had my overdose mm-hmm. were you comforted by the fact that you believe in an afterlife I wasn't contemplating. Okay, you weren't, you didn't think about it. You were like, no, she's getting through this. We are waking her up and she is going to be okay. Fair enough. How do you feel about, you know, saying that you're a Christian when certain Christians have very strong views about women, gay people, other minorities? How do you feel about those sort of Christians? I can't say that I completely and utterly agree with them because that's not what I understand my loving Heavenly Father to be. Um, I can't agree with them at all because I don't superly subscribe to Christianity because in my mind, I just can't subscribe to an organised religion. But do you see where I'm coming from in that? I can. How do you keep the faith when so many horrible things are going on? Uh, you pray. Do you find it difficult to keep the faith when... For example, there were well, we're in a global pandemic. Like, is it hard for you to believe that this was God's plan or There are loads of things that happen that are difficult to explain. And it's not for us humans to understand why certain things happen in this world. And it's not a, a punishment. There is a reason for it. We don't know what it is. We may in years to come work out what it is, what the plan was, why it happened. But currently it's there and it's up to each one of us to get through it. I find it very difficult for me personally to keep so much hope. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. you have so much hope in your faith. I find it difficult to be so hopeful knowing being as sick as I've been Mm -hmm. or or even knowing that, you know, say, for example, babies get cancer Mm -hmm. or, like, even such thing as rape existing. To me, I don't see how you could keep such a faith with so much evil in the world. It is very difficult to see how a loving God can un- can allow these things to happen in the world. Do you feel your faith being tested ever? I think our faith 
is always being tested because if it wasn't being tested, it wouldn't be a living faith. For something to be living, it has to continue and it has to evolve and it has to change because nothing stays the same. And if you even look at a language, yeah, words that were in a language 100 years ago have evolved and changed. Somebody living 100 years ago in Ireland wouldn't have the same lingo as we have today. Yeah. Nor will the people in 100 years' time have the same lingo as we have today. And I think a faith cha- your faith changes as you grow into it and as you grow into the world and as you understand the world more. So it evolves and adapts. Mm-hmm. I find it quite common that most people, as a child, you just like you just accept the fact that there is a God. and you. But in your teenage years, you tend to have, like you question your faith more when you're in your teenage years. Did you go through that or have you always had a strong faith? I think I've always had a strong faith. I probably questioned my God more when I was a child because I lost my sister. And for quite a long time, I blamed him for taking her. Fair. Um, It took me a long time to get through that. Understandable. After you went through the stage of blaming God, did you find it then that you turned to him more? Um, As a teenager, I did. So did you, were you like a teenager who prayed? Yes. One of your three children is is religious. The other two aren't. Me and Eve aren't very religious. Does that bother you or how do you feel about it? It doesn't bother me because you're each individuals and you're each intelligent human beings and you know what you want yourselves. Well, I... You are your own beings. Yeah. And you've been brought up to be individuals and to have your own beliefs and ideas fair so what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you as a priest just one very funny incident and it happened when you were very small yeah you and your sisters had a dance exam okay and i went straight from taking church service to your dance exam to put your hair up in a bun yeah. and get you ready for your exam and hadn't taken off my clerical collar, which I would normally do after a service. And one of the parents was her to ask another parent, she's in fancy dress, wonder where she's going afterwards. So as in they didn't know you are a priest? No. Nope. Yeah, lots of my friends didn't know that you were a priest. And then obviously when I was like, yeah, my mom's a priest. They were like, your mom's not a very, like, you're not a very priesty seeming person, you know? You're not preachy, nor are you, like, super Christian. So one of your children, Eve, is bisexual and came out to you as a gay person. For ages, it was that gay people were condemned, you know? How did, how did you feel about it? I didn't have a problem. To me, she was still the same daughter she always was. But were you not worried about... Sorry, let us let me just ask. Do you believe in hell? No. Okay, so you didn't worry about Eve ending up in hell because no. she was gay. Oh, okay. When you think of the afterlife, is it just one place? Mm-hmm. There's not like three separate things. There's no hell, purgatory, heaven. No. Your understanding of the afterlife, everyone's in the same place. A God is a loving and forgiving God. Okay, so... If we repent of what we have done, he welcomes us. 
Hitler and Mother Teresa, for example. Mm-hmm. They're in the same afterlife. Mm-hmm. In my mind, I wouldn't get into heaven just because heaven seems like a very... It seems almost like it's too good to be true and only the best would get in. I have sinned in the terms of the Christian church. It kind of brings me comfort to know that, well, obviously, who knows if you're right, but it kind of brings me more comfort in your version of the afterlife than my version of the afterlife. Does God speak to you? Through the actions of other people. Okay, so you don't hear his voice in your head? No, but I do think he directs your thoughts and he directs that there is and there is a spiritual intervention at times and what in reasons why you do certain things. Okay. So you can't hear God's voice in your head. It's your own voice. But you believe that it's God who's turning the cogs in your brain. Yeah. Pretty much? Mm-hmm. Does he direct you in all ways of life or... Is it only certain things? I would like to think that most things that I do are done in the spirit that he would like them done in. Do you believe that God's always watching us? I think he's always there to care for us and to be with us. Um, Watching almost as an Orwellian um, thought about it. Like I wouldn't want God to see, you know, me in the bathroom or... I wouldn't want God to be witnessing people having sex because that almost makes him seem like a pervert, you know? When you say he's, you know, guiding us and that, in what way do you believe he does that? Leading us to certain paths in our lives. So by, like, turning the cogs in our minds, you know, twisting our subconscious. Mm -hmm. Well, I've actually gone through all my questions, but that's just because you've been monosyllabic with some of them. So I might re-ask you, how did your family react when you told them about you becoming a priest? I think they were quite happy. I think they probably knew deep down that there, there was always a possibility that it might happen. Okay. Um, your father was extremely supportive. In my mind, Fred's more religious than you are. Like as in, Fred's the one who cares about going to church. I don't think you you don't seem like someone who's like, I have to go to church. You don't necessarily have to go to church to have a faith or to be spiritual. Yeah, you see, I, yeah, I think I'm more spiritual than religious. Being religious, having a faith is not just appearing in a building once a week. Yeah. And going through the motions. It's how you live your life. It's how you react to other people. It's how you react to God's creation. It's how you look after others. Okay. To have your faith as a living faith uh, um, means that you are the hands and feet of God on earth. Why the feet? Like I get the hands, that's doing stuff, but what is the feet about? Walking in his ways. To dive in more to the walking in his ways, what? in what way does your walking have anything to do with God? As in, you're doing things that would be in line with what he might do. In other words, you're not deliberately going out to do other people harm. Okay. If you can sum up your faith, I don't think anyone can speak for all of one. Like, I can't speak for all Christians. You can't speak for all Christians. What is your faith in, like, a sentence? Well, 
<laughs> it doesn't um, have to be a perfect sentence. You could, like, I could go back and take the very early one from the New Testament, which the disciples had, Jesus is Lord. Okay. Was was the first um, statement of belief. Yeah. And the first statement of faith that was made in the, the New Testament. My belief is that God is a loving God, a God who cares for his people, a God who has created us, created the world, given us the world to be caretakers of, to look after it so that it is there for future generations, to look after the animals and the plants on this earth as well so that we're, that we're not doing harm to it and not doing harm to anybody. Yeah. That would thing like I can go through the um, church beliefs are the beliefs that we would rehearse in church of a Sunday because I do believe in all of those as well. Yeah. But on an everyday basis, it is faith of a caring, loving God. Okay. So I then assume you don't think God hates gay people? Absolutely not. Why would he? Well, it's just because in the church it's for so long, you know, gay people can't get married in a church. For certain things, the church mirrored society. Do you think the church has too much involvement in Irish life? And I mean that as in not Christianity, I mean, and not faith, I mean the church as an institution. Does it have too much involvement in Irish life? No. But even like, say, the constitution, do you think the church had too much power in that? The constitution was written at a time when the when people had a very strong church attendance and a very strong adherence to what was said on a Sunday morning from the pulpit, irrespective of which Christian denomination they were in. And the Constitution reflected the church teachings at the time. The church teachings have changed uh, and have changed with society and changed for the betterment. I'm just going to straight out ask you, do you think God hates abortions? I don't think we could say that God hates anything. Yeah. Would God prefer it if there weren't abortions? I think he probably would prefer that there weren't abortions. But I think God sees the reasons why people go and have abortions. Deals with people on a one-to-one basis. So I think because he's a loving and a forgiving God and a God who cares for people, he sees people in their pain and in their sorrow and he sees them in their joy. And takes them as they are. So, abortions aren't a sin, necessarily? No. No, I wouldn't. You see, I think it's, um, I think it's very hard to say that God hates anything. Because if you really believe in God, you know, then you believe that he created everything. So, mm-hmm. if he was so against it, he would never have created. The knowledge. Yeah. The scientific knowledge. Do you think religion should be taught in school? I think it helps to give people a focus. In what way? A focus in their lives, a something or other to reach out to in times of trouble. Oh, okay. And in times of joy. And I'm not necessarily saying that it has to be the Christian religion. Yeah. I think anybody who has a faith in a being, an invisible being, has something that they can turn to when times get tough. 
do you believe that there should be that primary and secondary schools should have denominations? Do you think the church should have such patronism over? I can see a time when there won't be any church schools. And how do you view that, positively or negatively? I think there will have to be a strong element of ethical education so that people are taught what's right and what's wrong, what's kind and what's just. So like morals? Morals. I think there will be. And there is a a school of ethics in the current teacher training institutions. Would it bother you if schools were no longer religious? Would I like to teach in one that that I couldn't um, celebrate Christmas, Easter, teach children about a loving and kind God? I think it would for me personally. I would find that very difficult. But that, you know, that kind of more is about your free speech and your freedom to celebrate. But in regards to, in my primary school, I was never taught about, I was never taught about Islam. Um, I only, I was, I only knew about Judaism because of World War II. Um, and like the only religions that I knew of were Christianity, Roman Catholics, Protestants, and then Judaism. So do you think it should be a rounder education of religion? Other faiths are part of the curriculum. So yes. (laughs) (laughs) But do you accept that in schools that are of a denomination, say Roman Catholic or Christian, that those schools tend to not teach about the other religions, other faiths? Other, it is important that all kids find out about other faiths so that yeah. they can understand a multicultural society and, and multi-theism. Yeah. I remember having a thought when I was, I think I was about 12 and I was in church one day and I thought, what if this is just a massive cult, you know? Because what if it's a cult and nobody's called us out in it because there's so many people who believe in it? Are you ever worried that Christianity is a cult? Personally, I'm not worried about it, but it, it has been described by some as a cult religion. But I, I'm i not concerned about it being... You're not worried that you've been brainwashed into a cult? No. You see, for me, it's faith in God and that spirituality. That's not a cult. But the, the institution of the church, to me, feels somewhat culty. I think it's the fact that there are procedures and... Traditions. Traditions. And liturgy. It's almost like the priest being like someone so special and almost a step above the rest of us. And I'm not saying that you're not. And sure, maybe God is speaking to you guys more, but it does feel almost, almost like the priest gets higher praise than maybe they necessarily deserve. That's an interesting view. If you look at how the church was in the olden days. That's something, though, that has changed. There was a time when priests would have been looked up to as being something extra special. A time when education was scarce and the only educated people in a community were the 
doctor, the priest and the teacher. So if you had something that you needed to be read or written, you would have approached one of those. So in, you're... In your normal community. There wouldn't have been... Education wasn't as widely available as it is now. You're two out of three, just so you know. So like, in olden times, you're a genius. Yeah, but nowadays... The priest is no longer the most educated person in a community. The teacher is no longer the most educated person in a community. That's very true. Do you find that you people treat you differently because you were a priest? My friends don't treat you any differently. Um, I think my friends are way more... My friends are super liberal around you. They just say anything because I think you're, you're not going to interject or say yay or nay to them but do you think people treat you differently i don't go advertising the fact that i am a priest the only time i would wear my collar is going to take a service or going to visit somebody in hospital i don't wear it at any other stage so i don't an awful lot of people one wouldn't know i was a priest and two don't view me as a priest because they're not constantly reminded by my appearance that I am one. So I find people will say things to me that they wouldn't say to. A priest? Yeah. As in a a dressed up? Hmm. So they will be much freer in what they will say to me and probably much freer in how they will give out about society or give out about what's happening in a world or in a situation. So we... Even if they know you're a priest, because they're not constantly reminded of it, they don't act any differently. Yeah. Have people in the past treated you differently once they find out you're a priest? A lot of people would, would, their first reaction might be a little bit surprised. Yeah. And once they get over that and see that I don't have two horns or I don't go around being the proverbial Holy Joe. No. They're quite, quite content I know, and this may sound really weird to you, but um, when people praise you behind your back, when people are like, oh my God, your mom gets so much done in a day, you know, she works full time, she makes jam, she cleans up after you all, she always makes dinner for you guys, she bakes all the time, oh my God, how does she get it all done in one day? And I never say it out loud because I'm afraid people will think I'm the crazy one, but I'm always kind of like, I think think she has gone I think God is giving her an extra boost do you think God has given you superpowers no I don't have superpowers just time management has God given you the skill of time management God gives us all our gifts and skills okay I there are certain things that I can understand as in like I can understand um you know when people are like how could a God say make this pandemic happen and there is a part of me that it goes, well, it's culling the population. I'm sorry, it's awful, but like, there is that, you know? I'm not saying that's a benefit, but I'm saying that is, that could be a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Overpopulation leads to, you know, a drain on the planet, you know, and it culling it can help better resources and stuff. But something like depression, I don't, what is, you know, I can't, I can't wrap my head around what is 
the benefits of. So do you think, do you think depression is a man-made thing or is it a God-made thing? Find things like that quite difficult to explain. Well, fair. And the reasons why, I don't think I will ever understand. Yeah. And I don't think we can say that it is a direct result of anything that God has said, done, planned, or that man has said, done, planned. I think these things happen as a result of a series of unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Most of them we will never be able to explain why and why certain people are afflicted by certain conditions, certain diseases, why certain accidents happen, why little kids get diseases that aren't fair in our human terms. Yeah. Or why mothers of young children or fathers of young children are, are die and the children are left without a parent. I don't think we will ever be able to explain those kind of heartbreaking situations. And I don't think we'll ever be able to explain why certain people get certain illnesses or diseases. My granddad, your father died. Did you find, did you take comfort in the fact that it was part of God's plan and that he was going to be in heaven? I think because he died at um, 89 years, he had celebrated his 89th birthday. He had had a long and fulfilling life. Yeah. And he himself was a very religious man. And yes, I did take comfort in the fact that he was now reunited with his two daughters and his family. He was the last of his siblings. Yeah. So I did take comfort in that and took comfort in the knowledge that God was there to look after not only him, but to look after us. Yeah. As well. That doesn't mean I don't miss him. Oh, no, of course not. Do you think... This is a a good one. Do you think premarital sex is a sin? Why would it be? I don't know, because that's like a thing that you're taught, you know, in school. In religious schools, it's like, sex is bad. Only have sex to make babies. Don't have sex. Oh, my God. God hates sex. God hates premarital sex. Opinions? I think maybe you're, one, over-dramatised it. I don't think so. And two, maybe you have received that from a tradition that's different to the tradition that... Oh, okay, so mom's, just to reference, my mother is blaming the fact that I went to Roman Catholic secondary school rather than a Protestant school. Is that it? Is that, like, where you're getting it from, that it's a Roman Catholic thing to be like premarital sex is bad it's a it's it's a a tradition of the 1950s ireland yeah do you think now not to be like protestants are better than catholics they, they most certainly aren't i don't think we are we're very pompous but do you think that some of our um practices are better as in the fact that you can be a priest in the Protestant faith? I don't think we should set ourselves up as one um, denomination better than another denomination. I think we should look at being what's Christian. Okay. And what whether it is 
looking at one particular sex as being more elite than the other, saying men can be priests, but women can't be priests. I think God created men and women equally. Therefore, men and women should be capable of doing the same tasks. And they have should be open to having the same calling to serve. I mean, you you know, I gave you a very, you know, sensational topic and you just desensationalized it and made it very PC. I feel like you've done that this entire time. I've been like, is sex bad? And you've gone, no. It's an expression of love. It is an expression. Of, well, I mean, you can have sex without loving someone. And there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, sex for the sake of it. Do you find you have excess or more clarity than other people in terms of crisis? No. No. No, because I, I am human. Yeah. I am vulnerable. So I would go through the same emotions as everybody else would go through. What help I could offer somebody else, I'm not in a position to be able to offer that help to myself because I can't step outside of, outside of the situation. So, nope, I don't feel as though I have anything more than anybody else to offer just because I am a priest. I feel like people who are listening to this, and I actually don't know myself, what are the different terms or levels of priesthood? So, like, the difference between a vicar and a priest or... Okay, when you're ordained first, you're ordained as a deacon. What's a deacon? A deacon is a servant. A servant. Basically, that's (laughs) the word... Uh, comes from so when you're a deacon you can take services like morning prayer service of the word baptism okay you can do funerals yeah you can do other things as well then once you're priesthood you can then marry people okay and you can do the service of holy communion so you can give out the bread and wine Mm and consecrate it just so you know, the word priesthood, it sounds almost made up. I know all words are made up, but... Mm-hmm. You're ordained as a priest. Oh, okay. I like priesthood better. Yeah. So, all clerics who serve in the church... Yeah. ...who have done their time as a deacon are priests. Yeah. First and foremost. So, then there are different... Depending on where you, you serve, a priest is generally the person who becomes the rector of a parish and its tenure lasts as long as the priest is willing to stay in the parish. Okay. A vicar is usually a fixed term appointment. So you're appointed for five years, seven years. Okay. Uh, who appoints you? The people of the parish and then the uh, bishop and the registrar are the ones who actually sign your documentation. Okay. So... Would could the people of Lucan be like, we want Avril, and no. then oh no, okay, so the people actually, it's the bishop. Scott, Scott is the rector. No, no, I I know that, but when you say the people appoint the yes, so when a parish becomes vacant, there are parochial nominators. Okay, and they their job is to find somebody. It applicate. Are they people par- within the church? Yeah. The people of the parish. So, so the vicar of Dibley, sorry, this is, I know you're probably like, when do you watch this show? Why do you have so much knowledge about it? But in the first episode of the vicar of Dibley, the people have no idea who she is. Mm-hmm. So is that inaccurate? 
Yes and no. So if you have a, supposing your local parish becomes vacant. Yeah. And it's not vacant until the day the priest who's currently serving in it leaves. Yeah. It is then advertised. People okay. are invited to apply, same you would apply for any other job. And the parochial nominator's job is to select a rector. Yeah. If, however, nobody applies for it. Yeah. Then it's the bishop's job okay. after a certain length of time to find somebody. I see. And in that case, the local parishioners may not know okay. who the new person is or may not have any experience or, see, or seen who they are. Okay, so it's not completely inaccurate. No. Okay. Um, and then, so we've gone through... You've got deacon, you've got priest. Then you've got our, an archdeacon is appointed as a... In simplistic terms, somebody who assists the bishop. So okay. there's an archdeacon in every diocese. Yeah. Um, you have a dean for each cathedral. What's a dean? It's the most senior priest who is oh, in, okay. in, in the cathedral. Right. There may be other priests who are attached to the cathedral as well who take services in the cathedral. So you could have two or three priests depending on the size of the cathedral. But the dean would be the more senior one. There are only nominal um, titles. Okay. You also have canons. Okay. And a canon has a chair in a cathedral. So you're a canon of some very ancient title of a barony. Okay. And you have a cathedral in each diocese and a national cathedral. If you're a canon of the national cathedral, you remain a canon irrespective of what diocese you move to. If you're a canon of the diocesan yeah. cathedral, if you leave the diocese, you know, you you lose your honorary title. They're all only honorary titles. They don't entitle you to any more money or anything like that. Okay, so you see, that's why I have a bit of a thing. Like, with all the titles, it seems kind of culty. You've mentioned money, so everyone's going to want to know is there big money in being a priest? No. No? No. The non-stipendary ministries, ministers don't get paid. Yeah, you don't get paid. No. The normal rector does not get a very large salary. Okay. It's quite a small salary. There is a house provided in most cases by the parish for the use of the rector. And there is a locomotory allowance as well. A locomotory? Which is a travel expense. Oh, okay. You're so fancy with the words you use. Locomotory. Uh, but you certainly won't get become a millionaire on it. Yeah. But having you will live quite comfortably on the salary. Oh, okay. I'm going to do some quick fire questions with you. And you're going to tell me if it's a sin or not a sin. Okay? Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Sex. No. Not a sin. That's what you say. Smoking. No. It's not good for you, but you have there is free will. Yeah. And it's not a sin. Why would it? Okay. Murder. I can't condone murder. I would say like me as a person, I don't know I would say it's a sin. Mm-hmm. Yep. Being gay. Nothing wrong with it. Not being Christian. That's a that's free free and open to everybody. So not a sin. 
you're not getting the gist of this game. It's <laughs> sin or not a sin. Not wearing sun cream. Daft. Not a sin. Oh my god. <laughs> Bullying. Definitely not right. But is it a sin? Yes, because no. it is hurting somebody else. Okay. And murder is a sin mm-hmm. because it is hurting someone else. Yes. Drugs? You are hurting yourself. So what? you couldn't get behind drugs. I'm not I'm not asking you to do drugs, mm-hmm. but say if I came home to you and I said Way mom, I smoked a doobie at that party. That's weed, by the mm-hmm. way. Would you be like, that's a sin, or...? I would probably ask you why. If I said it feels good. I would also ask you, what are you doing to your body? But then, is alcoholism a sin? Or fatty foods, or, you know... No, and... Um... Everything in small doses. Mm-hmm. Even drugs. Provided you're not doing... Physical harm to yourself or to others. Okay, I'm going to take it as drugs are not a sin, just don't go ham on them. You know, recreationally. I'm going to, I'm going to, I can see it from your eyes, you're saying no, but I, I'm going to say yes. Not being academic, sin or not. Why would it be a sin? I'm, it's the point of the game is that you say whether or not things are sins or not. Of course it's not. Okay, do you think that, because obviously I think there's like a dip in people becoming priests. It's less popular now than it was. Well, maybe, I think it was only popular in the olden days. Do you think there will be an increase at some point or? I think currently the intake for priests in the Church of Ireland is remaining steady. Oh, okay. Oh, go on the Church of Ireland. Yeah, happy for you. Do see a drop in vocations at the moment, yes. In the Western world. Yeah. Do you recommend being a priest to people? Um, it's not something you recommend. It's, some, it's, a, it's a vocation, so it's something you're called to. It's not something that you would put down as maybe I will or I won't on a career choice form. Okay. It's something that you have to feel that it's right for you. And if it's not right for you, then you shouldn't be pursuing it. Do you think you can ignore the calling? And do you think people are ignoring their callings? I think you can only do that for a certain length of time. Okay. What does your calling sound like? Because I envision like a spooky ghost being like, go be a priest. No, you've listened to the story of Eli and Samuel too much. Oh, that, yeah, that's where he's... <laughs> like, that's God shouting at him in the middle of the night. No, it's something that just keeps niggling, niggling in your own head. As in, oh, should I be a priest? Ooh. No, it doesn't. It's not, should I be a priest? It's, should I be doing something to serve God? Mm. Okay. And there are loads of different ways of doing it without necessarily becoming a priest. And many people start off doing something else before they end out in the ministry. Like charity work? Mm. Do you find God demanding? No more demanding than life. It's so extremely demanding. What do you think God's favourite beverage is? I have no idea. Probably wine. He's Jesus's favourite drink was definitely wine. Just saying. Like water to wine. Alcoholic. What do you think is God's favourite country? I have no idea. That one either. I don't think there is one. 
Do you think God prefers vegetarians because they're not harming his beautiful little animals? No. Thank you so much for listen for I'm going to say thank you so much for being assaulted by my questions cuz I don't think you enjoyed this. But thank you so much for coming on and talking. Um I didn't ask you at the beginning and I'm going to ask you now. Avril, what are you sipping? Soda water and lime. Very bougie. I'm supposed to be sipping a peppermint tea, but I'm pretty sure I've let it go cold. I'll still drink it anyway. Uh, do you think you'll be back? I'm quite certain you'll have me back. Oh, I definitely I definitely <laughs> will. Um, did you enjoy your time on the podcast? It was different. Is it what you expected it would be? Possibly, yes. Okay. Um, were you nervous coming on? Yes. Do you think you'll be nervous the next time? Probably. Oh, okay. Okay, so what? I didn't alleviate your nerves or anything. That's that's fine. No, that's fine. Would you consider yourself a cool priest? Not cool, no. Just normal. Okay. From one normal priest and one person who doesn't really have a subscribed faith, thank you for listening to my podcast. Goodbye, Avril. Bye. Ah.